This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Need a place to talk sports? You've come to the right place. CBS Sports Radio. Live from Milwaukee, it's Bart Winkler. CBS Sports Radio. My name is Bart Winkler. 855-212-4227. Shep is alongside. We'll get another update from Marco in a little bit. I do want to just pick up where we were sort of leaving off here with a call about Jameis Winston and what had happened at the end of that Saints game. And I will give a little bit of I will give a little bit of understanding to how that play went down. And I'm sure by now you're aware the Saints had an interception from the honey badger, got it down to about the one. And had he scored, it's not a big deal. You know, had he scored, I don't know that we're talking about any of this in the same way. It's a pick six, he scores, game over. But then Jameis Winston comes in, um, backup quarterback, and it's kind of just like a kneel-down formation. And they're in the victory formation, essentially. And out of that, Jameis decided with the team that I'm going to hand the ball off to Jamal Williams, who this is his first year with the Saints. He had a bunch of touchdowns last year with Detroit. was very good with Green Bay. Hadn't scored this year. So they have an opportunity to get him a touchdown. They got him a touchdown should be all's well that ends well. Arthur Smith was very upset with it at the end of the game. That was the lasting image that we'll have of Arthur Smith as the Falcons head coach. And if if you're worried about, okay, victory formation might lead to an injury, not expected, I can see kind of there. I am more so going to side with, I'm more so going to side with Jameis Winston on this. He talked to reporters about it uh, afterwards. You think we, we regret that? Well, you do have to play these guys twice a year. That's all I'm saying. We, we already played them twice. I know, but I'm talking about the future. You know, somebody has got to play these guys twice a year. That's all. How do you feel about it? Tell me how you feel about it. Not good. Why don't you feel good about it? Because you got to play these guys twice a year. But what about it makes you not feel good about it? Not good. The head coach tells you to kneel it up. You're asking my opinion? Yes. I think you should have kneeled it up. Okay. Well, I'm just telling you as respectfully as I can. You answer my question as respectfully as you could, and I'm telling you as respectfully as I can that I respectfully disagree with you. That's all. You disagree with me or the entire team? Whoever made that decision. Okay. So you disagree with the entire team. So thank you. No, I'm, I'm just being, I'm being honest and respectful. And that's what I'm attempting to do too. Yes. And that's what I am doing. I don't think the coach uh, caller said the coach could get fired for this. I don't think this is a fireable offense. Your guys went rogue, and you could say, well, then he doesn't have uh, everybody kind of in lock check. I mean, this is Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston's going to do Jameis Winston things. 
my overall point on this, and what's what's fun here, uh, Shep, is trying to figure out what are the, some of the things that we agree on or not. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I like I didn't I didn't know you thought you could beat up Mike Tyson uh, before tonight. <laughs> well, but I, I, yeah, I, I I am. It's not that I'm. It's not that I'm like yes, 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 yes. Do it, do it, do it. But I think the running up the score and sportsmanship conversation, I think it needs to end past high school. Now, maybe some collegiate games, if there's like a like if there's a bye game and you're beating a team eighty to nothing, okay, it's like you know, back I you know, back off a little bit. I remember, you know, you grow up, you're on a basketball team and you're destroying a team, it's like, all right, just dribble with your left hand or seven passes before a shot or something where you can still get something out of it because it's no good when you're, you know, playing as a youth trying to get better with each and every game and it's just a blow and you can just run down the field and score a goal or kick a bucket or throw a touchdown. It's like, uh, not kick a bucket, shoot a bucket. You know what I mean? But it's not like you still want to be growing and getting better at the sport. I think definitely at the pro level and maybe some collegiate, but definitely at the pro Running up the score, and we saw this a little bit in the NBA with the playing tournament and the uh, point differential. I, I do subscribe to the, if you don't like it, stop it. I do subscribe to that. And what I really subscribe to is when you watch a game with professional athletes, I think sometimes we just narrowly look at it and say, this is one game where we're watching. And we've seen the Barry Sanders and, uh, you know, these guys just hand it to the ref act like you've been there before. Uh, I could argue that just handing the ball off to the ref is more show off than even spiking a football. I could argue that if that was my subject in a debate class, I could come up with an argument to say that's actually more show off because it's like, look at this means nothing to me, but I feel like when we're watching these professional athletes, they didn't just show up there that day and play and beat a team by 30. They, this is something, this is an achievement of their entire life. They grinded to get here. How many practices, how many sacrifices did they make? How many sacrifices did the other people make in their lives? How, how unlucky or how un like, how lucky are you? How unprecedented is it for you even to get into this spot and then to be in a position where you're better than someone at the pro level by 30, 40 points, no matter what the sport, no matter, you know, what the game I I don't again I don't sit there and be like yes yes run up the score make them pay but I also don't think teams should like sportsmanship I I, I just I think we get to a level with the pros where feelings shouldn't matter anymore and plus they're gonna play a game they'll all go home they'll forget about it the next day I think it's kind of us that hang on to this a little bit so. Whenever there's a topic about should they have done this, should they have run up the score, why did they kneel, should they have done it, why did they try to get this guy 30 points, why are they doing this, more often than not, and I get uh, the last caller, Dave, I get his I get his point about the injury, but more often than not, I am going to side with the team that is better because I feel like they put them in themselves in a position to earn their success. You don't you don't work towards a goal your whole life and then get to a goal and then lay off because the other team isn't as good as you. That's where I stand. I'm curious to see how we align on that, Shep, if at all. The the irony is, well, first of all, two things here. Arthur Smith wants this loss 
to be about the unsportsmanlike conduct of Jameis Winston, not about how he's been inept as a head coach and fallen short, right? So in some respect, he's trying to distract you from the real issue, which was him as the head coach. So he's trying to make a scene and have this be about sportsmanship. To your point, no one cares about sportsmanship past the high school level, if that. The second thing is, what I find really ironic about this is did he not curse out Dennis Allen? Did he not say loud, obscene words in front of everyone so all the cameras could pick up on it and all the media could talk about it? Did he not do that? Because the ultimate sportsmanship is understanding and recognizing it's likely not the head coach in that position or coordinator who's making that decision. It's sometimes the player. To your point, who knows if what kind of financial incentive it would have been right, for them to score a touchdown. Who knows if they were going for some kind of team history? Who knows if they were trying to score a touchdown and there was a sick kid in the stands and they wanted to give them some kind of football from someone who just recovered from cancer? You don't know the circumstances. You don't know the context. So that's the real sportsmanship is maybe taking Jameis Winston aside and saying, young man, I know he's not so young anymore, but saying, Jameis, you know, it really is not a good look for the NFL. It really didn't do any favors for your team. Next time, please try to avoid doing that and have that conversation privately. He wanted to air out the dirty laundry publicly. That was just as bad sportsmanship as Jameis Winston electing not to take the knee. So Dennis Allen in that moment is probably like, whoa, whoa, what just happened here? That was not the play I called. Uh, do I have guys going against me? All right, I'll figure that out in the locker room. And then here comes Artie Smith right. charging up, knowing that he's going to get fired in 17 hours, wanting to go out with a bang and having this kind of outburst towards him. And right, and, and there, I can always, I, I really try, because I know that not everyone agrees with this. Um, I've had good debates on it in the past. And one of the, one of the counters to it, has been, well, like, because I, I brought up records or 30 points or triple-double. And, you know, when guys shoot at the wrong basket and then try to count that as a rebound, okay, that's not statistically how it works, okay? We've seen that a few times. My guy Giannis, I think, tried that recently, and they took it away from him. Um, but th- then then the argument is, well, it's got to happen in the flow of the game. You know, it's got it's got to happen in the flow of the game for it to count. Well, what if in the flow of the game – you kick the living crap out of someone for three quarters. I mean, so I, I just it's part, it's still part of the game. You still got to finish the game. So I just think when I see this story and this kind of instance, my brain doesn't immediately go to, oh, look at this. Here's one game where this team embarrassed the other team. My thinking always goes to how many nights, how much of an investment. Personally, financially, how many car rides to practice, how many summer camps were there, how many days and nights were they were 23 or 33 or 13, where you're in that in that dorm room at a soccer camp, at a basketball camp, and thinking, what am I doing here? I'm not good enough. I'm not better than these people. And then you put in the work, and then you're second string, and then you get cut, and you got to claw your way back. And then you finally have a moment to score a touchdown and you're not supposed to because the other team's worse than you and the guys that had already played a bunch already did the job. So you don't get, you don't get this reward. You don't get this reward that you work your whole life for. You don't get that because of feelings. That's what, I, that's how I look at it. So 
Again, if that I, I know that that's not the most popular take. I think some would agree. Some would disagree strongly. I understand that a lot of our heroes just gave the football to the ref. I understand that a lot of people that watch uh, the games now don't like the uh, the uh, the celebrations where they're very synchronized and pre-planned. I understand that we don't like that. I think a lot of us just want to watch sports and then not think about any of these people for a week, not know their true feelings, true opinions, but in the moment, that is how I'm going. That is, that's what I always, I always side with what it took to get there rather than, Oh no, somebody's going to be upset. And I, I haven't heard from any of the players. I just, I've heard from, you know, Artie, Artie Smith yelling about it a little bit right in Dennis Allen's face. All right. Eight, five, five, two, one, two, four, two, two, seven, Dan, is in Wisconsin. Hey, Dan. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. You know, you got to remember, you know, I McCarthy, he'll come into play in this game somewhere along the line. We all can remember back in Seattle, anybody that can blow a 12-point lead in two minutes. And I watched the Lions play the other night, and their secondary is nothing to brag about. And I look at the Packers, and it's about the same. This game, I think a lot of people, if, I feel confident. I, I think this game's going to be a lot closer than people think. Um, if Big Mouth Alexander can stick on CBM, I think I think we got a shot. I really do. Well, uh, for this game for the Packers, I am worried about the defense. I know they just did very well against the um... – you know, prolific Chicago Bears offensive the attack. Bears. Yeah. But but uh, Dallas is good, and they're at home. And, you know, Dak Prescott's very good. So I think, you know, the Packers, if they were going to go into Detroit, you know, if they were going to go into even Tampa, there's something about the Packers-Dallas thing, even without Mike McCarthy, that makes this a, a very interesting game. I'm not saying that the, the Packers are going to win. But I, I think that this is a game where the closer the Packers keep it close or the, the longer they do, well, then you're gonna then it's going to come down to something with Mike McCarthy in the third, fourth quarter. Now, I'm not sure Matt LaFleur is the best game manager and game manager either. Yeah. But, but as a Packer fan, Dan, you've seen, you've seen Mike McCarthy uh, yeah. get confused a lot more than you've seen Matt LaFleur. Yeah, but uh... – and this is, you know, uh, deja vu. That, like you said, that stadium. You know, it's. I don't know. There was an interesting thing the last time the Packers ever played the Bears and had to win to get in the playoffs. They ended up winning a Super Bowl. So maybe things are coming full circle again. Who knows? Maybe Dan. Good to talk to you. Then too. We'll so, see, Dan. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys. Yeah. Little case of. Day J Boo. I got a little case of that right now. Mike McCarthy, however, did take a year off to study analytics in a cabin with Mike Nolan and uh, John Fossil. And I think there was one other guy that would come and uh, buy them coffee a few times, too. So let's not, let's not, uh, let's not, let's not just call him stupid. 
He spent a year. He did his research. We'll say. Steve is in Houston. What's up, Steve? Yeah, hello, Bart. I'm finally out of uh, moaning and, and, and being put up with the Houston Texans. Uh, imagine having a coach like David Culley. Uh, it's amazing what they've done. Uh, I predicted this back in November of 22. I actually had JR on the line and basically told me I need to check into the hospital and my head examined. So I want to give you the reasons why I made this prediction. Yeah, I'm listening. All right. Um, number one, they, 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 they have a great coach and colleague. They would literally do anything uh, for this guy. Um, number two, their off-season moves were, were so good. I mean, the draft, uh, the guys they got on the secondary, they have an elite secondary. They're now rated number five uh, defensively. Last, last year, they were like 28th against the run. Now they're fifth. Um, it, it's just an amazing did you also predict that if Houston would make the playoffs, they'd have the first game on Saturday like they always do? No, I did not. That's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. They always they're always first. Texan Texans, let's get them out of the way. So, what do you think uh, of them against the Browns? Well, I uh, I kind of think we're destined towards a Browns Ravens game with Joe Flacco. But look, I, I watched that game uh, like a lot of us did. And I know you did where it looked like Indianapolis had plenty of chances. And that Stroud to Nico Collins connection is real. Um, you know, I think with the Texans, with young teams, it really comes into play. You don't know what you don't know uh, when you're a rookie and you're leading a team like this, like, sir, like Stroud knows postseason stuff from Ohio state, but they, they don't know. They don't know the the magnitude of these games. They don't know how big the playoffs are. So I think you can play a little looser. And there might be more pressure now on the Browns because they're going to be, I think they're the favorite. If not, they're going to get a lot of people betting on them. They've got a great defense. The Joe Flacco story, like I mentioned, has been great. I will probably take the Browns, uh, but I think this might be the closest game of the weekend. Well, Flacco will get pressure. Um, if Jonathan Grenard is, is, is there in the game and Will Anderson, they've got a, a lot of other pieces, um, they they will pressure them. And the last time they played, they didn't, we didn't have Stroud. No, uh, Stroud's very good. And you're not coming in the playoffs with like TJ Yates or Mike Glennon or whoever the hell was there. He's probably the best quarterback uh, since Deshaun Watson, for sure. All right, hey, Steve, enjoy the game, bud. Hey, Steve had that prediction. so, And he's predicting a Houston win, it sounds like, here. Uh, A tweet that I got to kind of give another note on the Jameis Winston thing. Uh, Tap and dat. 
Media Productions. The point isn't running up the score. If you want to score, line up and win the down. Don't act like you surrender and then continue to fight. I, I then I, I get that. I that that I will. I get. I get that. I, I get that. It was a play where they looked like they were going victory formation, and then they got the touchdown. If you want to get the touchdown, line up. I I can I can understand that, and I can I can agree with you on that. Um, I still don't think it's the worst thing that's ever happened in the sport. I still think Arthur Smith did overreact to it, although I don't think he was really mad about that. I think he was mad that he knew he was going to lose his job. I'm still pro scoring as many points as you can in the short time that you have on this earth, much less in in the league that you're playing. But I can understand if you want to score, then then line up to score. Don't don't pretend like you're going to take a knee when you're up. I, I that I that I can get. Hey, I Bart. can get. I can get that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of losing jobs, um, what happened in Washington? I, I think that was the inevitable. Ron Rivera losing that job, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Who lost to Washington at home this year? Who lost to Washington at home? Yeah. Who allowed that sorry ass team by I a sorry feel ass coach? Like the Atlanta Falcons are the answer. You're 100 percent right. <laughs> hey, Arthur. Where's the same bleeping energy you have to being abysmal at home in absolute easy, easy, cake, cupcake-like games, and you're losing to, you know, the lack of quality in terms of football in Washington Commanders with Ron Rivera on the hot seat coming into this season. You lose at home. Where was the energy and the intensity with that loss? Because it's so easy when you're having a crappy season because of a lack of leadership to point the finger at Jameis Winston because he's an easy target. But the guy he needs to be angry and upset with is himself for not getting this team to the playoffs. That's where the real vitriol and anger should go to. Uh, they lost to Tennessee. They fired their coach. Well, but he, he, now, in fairness, in fairness, I think they lost on the uh, – did they lose on the road to Tennessee? Though? That was on the road, yeah. Okay, yeah. and Mike Vrabel is a hell of a coach. So four out of the last five games to end the season they lost. We're talking about Atlanta here. Right. <laughs> Right. Tampa, Carolina, remember that? Yes, who was awful this year. Awful. They they lost so bad to the Bears that people were like, okay, Justin Fields is the quarterback I know. of the future. I know, they made it seem like there should have been a debate between Caleb and Justin because of that loss, right? Like, like, dude, you were abysmal as a head coach for the Falcons. You had such winnable games, and Desmond Ritter, he's not chopped liver. I, I'm not saying he's the next up-and-coming Michael Vick in Atlanta, but like, you know. I mean, you had you had guys like Bijan, like you had some good players around you, and you underachieved. And it's funny to me because he tried to make it seem like the energy should go towards this unsportsmanlike act, when the real energy should go to how he completely failed as a head coach. All right, well, more coach bashing along the way. Stick around eight five five two one two four two two seven. That's Shep. I'm Bart. More coming up. CBS Sports Radio. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. I'm Bart Winkler. It is time for your defensive player. We're going to make it players of the week. It's brought to you by the Navy Federal Credit Union. They proudly serve the armed forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. 
Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. NavyFederal.org. And instead of me telling you about the defensive players of the week, I'm actually, he doesn't know it, but he's calling in. Sean is in Nebraska. Sean, you're telling us about the defensive players of the week with Nebraska beating Purdue tonight. Congratulations. Oh, man, I tell you, I'm happy as heck for that. We didn't just beat them. We beat the snot out of them. 88 to 72, Nebraska takes down the number one team in the country. Yes. That Casey Tominaga that we got, that kid has been a blessing for our program. So, for those that maybe don't know too much about Nebraska basketball, um, you know, the Big Ten, they've got their, you know, Purdue, and, um, you know, a lot of these teams have been winning the non conference games. How good is Nebraska? Are we taking them seriously after tonight now? I think so. I mean, Nebraska, they knocked off Indiana. They had a down game against Wisconsin to come back and beat the number one team in the nation. Nebraska's 13-3 and now. So I think they should be talked about nationally, possibly getting into the NCAA tournament. Did, uh, did people storm the court? Was this at home? Did people storm the court? Oh, it was. They stormed the court. It was so loud. Oh, yeah, I, I was see it. it. I was watching it at work, and I was like, oh, my God. Good. Yeah, busy night in college. Number two, Houston also goes down to Iowa State. Wow. Wow. Okay, how about that for Nebraska? Anything else you want to add about the defensive players of the week? No, sir. I just Nebraska had a damn good defensive game. They Worked out their game plan well, and we come out with the win. So good for Fred Hoiberg and his voice. Well, I'm glad you called and gave him some mention because I probably never would have got to it. So thank you, Sean. Absolutely. Thanks for taking (laughs) my call. Yes, and that is what I want to establish as well, is that if there are things we are not getting to that are a big deal in your neck of the woods, give them a shout. And they are your Navy Federal Credit Union Defensive Players of the Week for holding Purdue to 72 points in the win. Uh, Here's another fact-finding mission that I have as I'm trying to figure out just where I align with uh, Shep on a lot of stuff, uh, if you would. I am pro-court storm in every situation, ever. And it's kind of the same philosophy I have with the running up the score. First of all, like... The kids that are storming the court are kids. And if I go to a college basketball game and I have the opportunity to, like, make a memory and run onto the court, well, I'm going to do it. And I, I had this I had this take. I was talking with a guy. I was talking with a guy who uh, – who, because um, I, I was telling him about this. And he's a big college sports guy. And I was telling him about this. And I said, I'm really pro-court storming as long as everyone's safe. Because it's not like it's doctors – and Fortune 500 CEOs and professors that are storming the court. It's kids. And he goes, he goes, look at this. And he showed me his phone. And he's a professor. And uh, he stormed the court for some, or he stormed the field this year for a football game. He was uh, the Arizona Wildcats had a game where they won. And he was on the field. I go, why'd you do that? I said, that goes against my whole theory. He goes, I don't know. I was there. So, Shep, I'm pro court storm. I don't know where you land there. I mean, I'm going to take the Barry Sanders motto. Um, 
Walter Payton motto, and you know where I'm going with this, right? So if you're, if you're not going to storm a court as a college kid, when are you going to? Uh, when are you going to have fun? It's called not being a jackass. Act like you've been there before. Like, well, Nebraska, like, hey, Nebraska, they should storm the court in Nebraska for this show talking about Nebraska basketball. Well, that it they haven't be, been here before, right? But the thing is, like, I mean, I, we're old enough to remember the days of Tom Osborne, right? Like, we're we're definitely equipped enough. Man, they're showing Nick's highlights. Man, Raymond Felton has had better days. Um, like, we're 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 also hip enough to understand what Nebraska is in terms of volleyball. Like that's a proud university in terms of a- academics but and athletics. But not basketball. I mean, they have an. I mean, they have a guy that was a starting guard for the Minnesota Timberwolves as their head coach. Like, have some pride. Like, I can't name you one guy that ever played in the NBA that went to Nebraska. See, this is embarrassing that I don't know this, and that's a fair. That's a very fair point that you make. I mean, obviously, when you think of Nebraska, you think of Sue, uh, the football player. That's the first guy I think of with that program. But, but this is a really fine institution. Like, I don't understand. Granted. It's it's Purdue, but and I understand Purdue's the number one team in the country, but honestly, like it's not like this is a sixteen knocking off a one, you know what I mean? It's not like it's UCLA who had eighty eight wins straight, you know, back in the back in the seventies. So 70s. Nebraska, Nebraska's just supposed to wait around and wait for those kind of programs to come to their school. It's the number one team in the country. I, I understand that. It's, it it looks it, it it's beneath a program um, like Nebraska's reputation and ilk. It just it doesn't suit them. They don't have a reputation or ilk. That's a fair point, but you're not doing yourself any favors by storming the court against a, a Purdue team that, by the way, let's be real, Matt Painter is one of the most overrated coaches last 20 years in college basketball. Does really well in the regular season. Sucks when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Fifteen players have gone to Nebraska. And then played in the NBA. Is Ty Lue one of them, by the way? I just think off the top of my head. Oh, off the top of your head, off the top of your Google? Uh, I, I, I promise you. I, I believe I, you. I, I do not lie. I, am a, I believe I am a, you. I am a basketball aficionado. And I, I, I believe I'm, you. I'm disappointed that Tom, Ty Lue didn't come at first to my Ty Lue is, well, I put you on the spot. Ty Lue is correct. Right. Ty Lue is correct. That's the only one I can think of. There's a couple in the league right now. Uh, Delano Banton? Okay, I, okay. I host for SiriusXM NBA Radio. I've never heard of him. Bryce McGowan's. Okay, I've heard the name. Where's he? Charlotte. I've. I. I don't even know. Uh, Charlotte is also a Division One basketball team at this point. I, <laughs> Isaiah Robbie Roby. That uh, guy. The name is sounds, he with the Thunder. The name sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thunder. Well, I'll tell you this much: a Thunder are really good. Uh, despite the fact that they're playing with a, a kid with the maturity of a 12-year-old, that being Josh Keedy. they're really good this season. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to take. Fair enough. Fair enough. Don't take the bait. But he, you, you and I, you and I know. To put it mildly. Anything. He you lacks. Ma- he, he lacks maturity. Well, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have given a specific age, but yeah. Listen, let me tell you something. You'd rather <laughs> talk about Rogers Kimmel for four hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how about Eric Strickland? Yeah. Okay. That, that that he was. I think he was a Blazer at one point. That name sounds a lot more. Eric Strickland sounds familiar. But the the mm-hmm. real Strickland in basketball is always Rod, the Godfather. Rod. Yeah, the Rod Father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Good call. I mean, he's mm-hmm. one of the. He is. Many people consider him to be the uh, Rod Strickland, the greatest player to never make an All Star game. Now Jamal Murray will eventually make an All Star game. C.J. McCollum will eventually make an All Star game. 
Rod Strickland's the greatest player to never make an All-Star game, with the exception of maybe Jamal Crawford. People want to throw his name in there, too, who's getting some Hall of Fame yeah. consideration, by the way. Jabari Parker, but yeah. <laughs> what? Kidding. You kidding me? I know we're yeah. talking. Now listen, we're talking. No, I am. I am. You know, I am, we're I talking. Am, we're talking promise. We're talking I, potential. He's I above am. all those guys. I am. Uh, he's playing in Spain right now. I never understood why he knosedived dive so fast because he was actually. We well, got hurt twice on the same knee. No, and that's and that's fair. But guys like Chris Webber got hurt multiple times. Guys like Grant Hill got hurt multiple times. Like Jabari Parker had generational talent. Mm-hmm. You know that as well as I do. Like I, and you remember watching him before he was a Buck when he was at Duke. Mm-hmm. He was just better than everybody else. And I'm surprised he wasn't able to last in the NBA. Another guy I'm surprised he wasn't able to last in the NBA, uh, speaking of Milwaukee Bucks, is uh, Larry Sanders. I know he had some health issues. Um, I'm surprised he never lasted with the Bucks, and I, I I know that I know there was a lot of things upstairs that he was working on, um, but he's one of the other guys I look at and I say, how did he not last longer in the NBA? He did come back. He played like three games with the Cavs. If a tree falls in a forest and no one's around to hear it, does anyone? Uh, can anyone report he, it? He did come back. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. talk to Matt, who's in Rochester. What is up, Matt? Hey, Bar. Good evening. How you doing? Uh, first of all, I just want to congratulate you on the uh, new gig. I'm a big uh, brighter than you guy, and I always love when uh, you filled in for him. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Here's Bart Winkler. Get your opinion out there. Call us toll-free, 855-212-4CBS. CBS Sports Radio, I'm Bart Winkler, David Shepard's here, Marco Belletti, and of course, you at 855-212-4227. We'll get out to Robert, who is in Annapolis. What's up today, Robert? Hey, good evening. Uh, On tonight's topics, uh, first of all, no team, no NFL team, no any team in victory formation should ever run an actual play. Uh, comment number two, Jim Harbaugh will return to the NFL because even though he now considered the big table at the Harbaugh family get together, <laughs> big brother John, older brother John, is still in the big chair because he's got the Super Bowl win. And my question is, uh, Tyson versus Shepard, would that warrant pay-for-view? Well, I don't know because people don't want to pay six bucks to watch a full football. I can't say that. You can, maybe. I, I dumped know. it. And then one last question, <laughs> if I may. One last, <laughs> one last question to the two of you. In addition to Mike McCarthy, if the Bills get dumped this weekend, does Sean McDermott get fired? Uh, I don't know. Robert, thanks for the call. Thanks for hanging. Yeah, Good to talk to you. Does Sean McDermott get fired? I would say the most likely guys to get fired. McCarthy's won if they don't win. I, I would say Shep Sirianni might be a dark horse. I kind of feel like there's a little mini run the Eagles can make here. It won't make any sense. There's no logical reason why they should. They shouldn't. They should not make a run. They got Tampa. They'd have to go out to San Francisco, I think. Um, hmm. 
I don't know. That's the Packers win. But I, they just can't. This can't be it. They were ten and zero or whatever, and now they just are bad. And Hurts hurt his finger a little bit. Uh, man, I don't. I don't know. Let's get to John, who is in Vegas. What's up, John? Hi, guys. I just have two. Uh, this is about Jameis Winston. I have two questions for you, and both require just a yes or no answer. Mm, right? Fun. Okay. Yep. My first question: Do you know who Walter Payton is? Yes. All right. My next question: Did you ever see Walter Payton spike the ball in his career? No. I rest my case. <laughs> Jameis Winston and and the or, and the, uh, the New Orleans Saints, no class. No class whatsoever what they did. And let me tell you something. The next time those two teams meet, if Jameis Winston plays, he's going to have an arrow pointed at him. And I'm just saying, they're going to remember what what they did. They're going to remember that. And trust me, they, teams don't forget. They don't forget. So... Yeah, and is- no, no, I, I, thanks for the call. Um, and I got a tweet or two on this. So I am, just to be clear on the Jameis Winston situation, uh, I'm very, again, I'm not rooting for it, but I, I don't take issue with teams running up the score. Where they were in victory formation and then still ran a play, I understand that that is probably bad. I mean, if you're gonna if you're going to run up the score, line up and and run a play. I I'll get to, I'm not if there's a hill I'm going to die on, it's not going to be that one. You know, I you know, I get it. They looked like they weren't going to they looked like they weren't going to call a play and then somehow they ran a play. Okay. I I I can understand that. Cuz yes, safety is an issue there. And I can understand that. And then you're not you're not like that is kind of like getting a rebound and missing a shot on purpose to get a rebound. So I get it. I get that. I get that. Still touchdown. Jamal should celebrate. Uh, Jameis said it was a team decision. The coach shouldn't be fired for it. So I get that. I get that aspect of it, certainly. As far as, like, the celebration part, a lot of people want to bring up Walter Payton, want to bring up Barry Sanders. I still, I think you work very hard to get to that point and that it's okay to celebrate. If you don't celebrate, look, if you don't celebrate an NFL touchdown, what do you celebrate? When when do you show emotion? I I guess I guess maybe some are just built differently or, or better if we look at it as better. I don't know. Here's Johnny, he's in Atlanta. What's up, Johnny? We're talking about your team kinda. Well, I, 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 that's my team, but how I feel about it, the Falcons deserved it. I said they laid down the whole <laughs> second half anyway. So I ain't even care. I was happy they did it. Put fuel <laughs> on the fire. So next year you want to play football. So well, and Jameis Winston right. too. He is. It's all void years now. I don't even know that he's going to be a saint next year. There's a decent chance he's actually a Falcon. Ah oh, man, I hope not. But like <laughs> I said, the Falcons probably do something like that. But my thing is like this. I, I guess I'm the only person in London that I feel like Arthur Smith should not be fired anyway because what coach can do what he did with less talent. That he he haven't he haven't had a quarterback since he was there, so my thing like this, 
he they put our organization back another four years. Gonna get another quarter coach in there. Gonna try to find somebody who won't get to work around their system. So we got another four years of basically getting getting blown out by the Saints. So I, I'm 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 very upset about it because, like I said, I like Arthur Smith. I, I I feel like he got he he got seven wins three years in a row with no quarterback, no offensive line, and one this year we had a decent defense. But other two years, no defense. But he still found a way to get seven wins. So he bet on Desmond Ritter. And guess what? It didn't. He ain't pan out yet. You know, he ain't going to say it won't pan out. But he hasn't panned out yet. Because they always say, oh, he made bad decisions. Okay, he's still a rookie. Bryce Young made bad decisions this year. So that's how I feel about it. Well, thanks for the call. Um, that's Johnny's in Atlanta. I think. Art Smith's first year, they did have uh, Matt Ryan. And that was the last year of Matt Ryan in Atlanta. And they went 7-10 and 10 that year, too. And then instead of, you know, trying to get another quarterback to come in there, they, they went with Heineke. They went with, really, Desmond Ritter. And haven't been able to figure that out. And, yeah, yeah, I think that that's something that Arthur Smith would say on his next job interview is, look, I didn't have a quarterback. You give me a quarterback. I had, I had the aging Matt Ryan, and then I had these guys. But they also had, I mean, they've got out. Uh, if they had, if they correctly used anyone, look at the 49ers. They've got a great running back and then good backups, which the Falcons have. They've got a great tight end, which the Falcons, I do believe, have. And maybe even a second one in Jonu Smith, who they used way more. And then uh, Drake London's a very good receiver. And those guys were all just, like, underused. The The joke I make is that all season long, and really the last three years, Art Smith looked at the depth chart upside down because he kept giving the ball to the guys that weren't the starters. You're drafting first-round pick on these guys. And then really the way that they limped into the end of the season. Once they lost to Carolina, I don't care how bad the conditions were it. That was kind of the beginning of the end, or maybe the end of the end. 855-212-4227. We're not at the end yet. Got a little more for you. Join us, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.